From the University of California, Irvine, this is the UCI Podcast. I'm Sherry Ledbetter. In today's episode, we address inclusivity during challenging times. Today on the UCI Podcast, we welcome Doug Haynes, Vice Chancellor for Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. Dr. Haynes, welcome. Thank you, Sherry, so much for having me for your podcast. Let's start with talking about inclusivity. In a perfect world, diversity, equity, and inclusion should go hand in hand in hand in all circumstances and at all times, but we know that is not the case. We see these values continually tested in society, often perpetrated by an event. Let's talk about how inclusion holds up and how it is punctured in these kinds of challenging times. I think that's a very timely question. and. It makes me think about remarks that uh, Dr. Martin Luther King wrote in 1963. Um, Then he wrote that we are all connected in an inescapable network of mutuality and tied together in a single garment of humanity. So whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. And so it really does matter that that people matter here at UCI. Um, It helps to increase our capacity for intelligent empathy. Uh, But more than that, I think it helps the campus uh, enlarge its capacity as a great university to respond to global events in ways that align with our principles of equity, diversity, and inclusion. Um, So inclusivity is a core value, not just when times are good, but also when times are challenging as well. Great. Great. Thank you. Let's talk about that current global environment. We have a new antagonist that we've all been contending with in various ways, now called COVID-19. I'm speaking, of course, of the novel novel coronavirus, excuse me, which the World Health Organization has declared a global public health emergency and also says that the virus is, quote, presents a low risk to Americans. We learn almost on a daily basis how medical officials are dealing with this on a clinical level and how we can take prevention efforts by washing our hands, et cetera. However, this invader, if you will, has many unknowns still associated with it, and that creates fear. Let's talk about that, this fear. Mm Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I want to refer to something that we all sort of read from time to time on our diplomas. And that's the motto of the University of California, Fiat Lux, uh, let there be light. And underlying that motto is the conviction that knowledge, the pursuit of knowledge, uh, equips us to, to face the world together in ways in which we're not fearful uh, about the future. And I think the coronavirus is a global event that produces a large number of unknowns, uh, which is why our researchers both here and uh, worldwide are really engaged in understanding the uh, process of discovery and transmission. Um, But it's also a time where even some of the most basic practices that we use, such as naming a disease, can actually Mm -hmm. trigger fears and biases. So one example, is the early reporting on the coronavirus. Um, Some news outlet used the expression, the Wuhan coronavirus. Mm -hmm. 
And it's a very common practice to sort of designate the geographical epicenter. It's a convenient shorthand for describing the point of discovery, sketching out the transmission. But with all types of shorthands, it could lead to what people call cognitive lapses, hmm. uh, where we sort of rely on our uh, shorthands, our biases, to make a quick judgment. Hmm. And so one of the unintentional consequences of naming a disease at its point of origin is that you run the risks of stigmatizing an entire region. Right. Not to mention the people who inhabit there. There are, in fact, many examples of this um, in the distant past and the recent past. And so one that comes to mind is the Spanish flu, mm. which sort yeah. of characterized mm -hmm. a country in Europe as the destination for a uh, uh, virus that swept the world. Um, Actually, the United States played a very crucial role in the growth and spread of that disease because many of its soldiers uh, in Kansas headed out to Europe and were infected. Hmm. Uh, another more recent example is Ebola, which refers to a novel filovirus. But what's striking is that the name Ebola refers to a tributary of the Congo River. Um, and so that name sort of characterized a significant region of Sub-Saharan Africa as inherently problematic, right? Mm. And so even though this useful practice serves a purpose, it can actually backfire. Right? Um, and so that's why, um, you know, I was really encouraged when the World Health Organization a couple days ago adopted a new acronym that you used for the coronavirus, the mm -hmm. COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And what it does is decouples the virus from the region. Um, and I hope the name change will help interrupt implicit assumptions and explicit stereotypes about the affected region and communities, as well as individuals who travel to and from uh, China. That's really good background for this discussion. I think, you know, if I could maybe echo what you're saying and correct me if I'm wrong, um, what I'm hearing is just the fundamental naming of some of these uh, um, global health emergencies, outbreaks, et cetera, uh, creates a sort of a weak point in inclusivity <laughs> that uh, some people choose to break through, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and create uh, even more fear, stress, and anxiety, and ostracization, and some of these other kinds of things. Am I understanding that correctly? Th that is correct. Okay. And so, on the one hand, it's a shorthand that seems to serve a purpose, but it can also have unintended consequences. Okay. And I think that's the key point. And so, the change of the name may sound very minor, but it's quite consequential because we're not in any way contributing to stigmatizing the entire region mm. or the populations. Right, yep, right, yep. Let's talk a little bit about um, what we're seeing. We're seeing some stress and anxiety, like I had mentioned before. And I think, you know, those of us here, those of us listening, we're seeing this stress and anxiety in our own personal 
communities, our own daily communities, whether it be our, our neighborhoods, our work environments, our family environments, um, because of this. And when you have levels of stress and anxiety, it affects your ability to perform just your daily, your daily tasks. Uh, maybe you don't even want to show up to something you're meant to show up to, for example. Um, why are we seeing and hearing about this stress and anxiety in the people around us relating mm -hmm. to this current, this current climate, right, of coronavirus? I, I think that's a very important question. And it has to do with something that I referred to before that, that King said, that we are connected as individuals. And one thing about UCI that's so powerful is our diversity. And that diversity means that we have these relationships with people who are local, national, and global. And so for that reason, this global event affects people here at UCI because we have colleagues who are working in the affected area. We have students, our graduate students, as well as our undergraduates mm -hmm. who may study there who may have friends and relatives there. Um, and so for them, the evolving nature of this global event matters. And the uncertainty contributes to a sense of anxiety precisely because we don't have all the answers. Right. And so that's why it's so important that as a great public research university, Everyone should learn the facts, hmm. value accuracy, precisely because misinformation, biases, can only exacerbate the sense of on the unknown, the anxiety that people may have. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's, it's a natural reaction, but there are things that we can do to support each other um, and so I think uh, knowledge, information, and remembering that, you know, we are a community first and foremost. I, I'm so glad to hear you say that because it, this, uh, this global health emergency, coronavirus, COVID-19, it's really touching all of us mm -hmm. in, in different ways. You know, we, we hear from, from the experts at the CDC that you're very low risk to get it if you're American. Yet, as you just described, uh, it's touching us all in certain ways, uh, for sure, and, and, and that uh, causes behavior changes in some and, and so forth and so on. So what would you consider a, a call to action we can offer mm -hmm. to our families, friends, colleagues, and all of us really here in the UCI community and even beyond in our, in our lives outside of UCI? Well, first, I, I want to say that the university of California Irvine has mobilized its vast resources, our research resources in infectious diseases. Um, it's mobilized our teaching resources in order to equip ourselves to contribute to the solution, to support people who are affected, and to give assurance to communities so one sort of example of that, that might appear to be very minor, is our communication practices. We now use novel coronavirus, 
or we use the COVID-19 mm -hmm. in our communication practices. Mm -hmm. That's consequential because we don't want to use terminology that triggers stigma. And so that's something that uh, we all can do and should do. I think second, and I really want to give a lot of um, credit to Dr. Albert Chang, mm. who has amassed with his team a impressive collection of information about the coronavirus, provided with updates, sharing information about some basic practices that we do every day, such as washing our hand mm -hmm. uh, long enough to sing happy birthday, right. That's right. which actually <laughs> minimizes exposure and, prevention and, and improves prevention. He reminds us that even as we should remain vigilant about the coronavirus, we can't uh, forget about the virus, about the flu. Right. Right. which actually can affect a lot of people too. Mm. I think another thing that we can also do is to think about other people as our coworkers, our colleagues, our students, right. their communities and their families. Our classmates, right. Mm. You don't have to be a superhero, but a little empathy goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great, great call to action. Just, you know, we're all connected. We're all human. We're all in this together. We're all in this together, yeah. And if there's anything that's important about inclusive excellence is that it defines us as a community, but it also imposes on us a real commitment to working together because we're all in this together. That's great, that's great. Vice Chancellor Haynes, I want to thank you for joining us on the UCI podcast today. For the latest information on COVID-19, formerly called coronavirus, and what's being done to keep the UCI community safe and healthy, please visit ehs.uci.edu slash public health slash coronavirus. The UCI podcast is a production of Strategic Communications and Public Affairs at the University of California, Irvine. I'm Sherry Ledbetter. Thank you for listening.